so glad each and every one of you are here today. And uh, if you have your Bibles and you would, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And uh, Aaron read uh, a verse out of the text that we'll be using today. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 through 11 is where we're going to be focusing our attention this morning. And uh, the title of the message is Two Sorrows That Lead to Repentance. Two Sorrows That Lead to Repentance. Repentance is the pivotal point of transition in a personal relationship with the Lord. Now listen to that again. Repentance is the pivotal point in, in, in the transition of a personal relationship with the Lord. The Scripture says that we must repent of our sin. And it's at that moment, that pivotal point of, of repentance, that we become sorrowful for the sin of our life that begins to turn us toward the back toward the Lord. So as Aaron demonstrated earlier, is we are headed in one direction, and that is the direction of sin. As we're headed in that direction of sin, there's a point in which we determine that we no longer want to live this way And we want to obey the Lord and live His way. And so we turn. That's the pivotal point. And we turn back toward the Lord and toward the Scriptures and toward His teaching, His commandments, and His desire for our life. Repentance is the first. Listen to this. The first and unavoidable step in a personal cleanup of the wreckage sin has left behind. I think about that that sentence and the idea that in, in movies or cartoons or whatever the case may be, you'll see an instance where there is a person who's driving on the road. And maybe they uh, are not a very good driver, maybe they're distracted by something, but it seems like as you see them driving down the road, that everywhere behind them there's an accident, that, that they cause somebody to swerve and hit this, and they cause two cars to collide because of something they did. And so in the wake of of their driving, there's all of this mayhem behind them, and they're just driving down the road unaware that anything has happened behind them. And so you, you get that image in your mind, sin leaves behind us in our wake the wreckage of, of life behind us when we sin and we offend others, when we sin and we hurt others, uh, when we sin and, and, and that sin affects other people in our life. And, and so when we look at repentance, it is that unavoidable step in a personal cleanup of the wreckage that has been left behind. All of the things that our sin has caused, all of the life that lives that our sin has impacted, and, and how it has changed their course of life and their relationship with us and our relationship with them and those types of things. The Scripture this morning identifies two kinds of sorrow that lead us to repentance. One brings us up and moves us forward in our relationship with the Lord. The other brings us down and draws us further away from the Lord. I want us to look at those repentance this morning, and I want us to learn from them uh, for our lives today as we live for the Lord. The first thing that I want us to see this morning in the text is that repentance is a good thing. Repentance is a good thing. Let's begin in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, begin reading together with verse 8. 
For though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I see that the letter caused you sorrow, though only for a while. I now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, in order that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. For behold, what earnestness this very thing, this godly sorrow, has produced in you what vindication of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what avenging of wrong. In everything you demonstrated yourselves to be innocent in the matter. So, so Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And the church at Corinth was, as we read through the Scriptures, probably, if not for sure, one of the most problematic churches in the New Testament Scripture. There always seemed to be this problem, this issue, these things that are going on within uh, in regards to their sin. So uh, there is a letter that Paul has written before this letter. And he talks about it here in this letter we call 2 Corinthians. And, and he says, in regards to this, this former letter that I've written you caused you sorrow. But in 2 Corinthians, time and time and time again, Paul pleads for their repentance. He pleads for them to change and to stop sinning and to repent in their life. Verse 8, he refers to this earlier letter, which seemed to be a little bit more direct. In this earlier letter, it seems as though Paul simply said this, stop sinning or else. <laughs> Just, here's the, here's the truth. If you keep on sinning, there's going to be consequences that you, you don't want to face. Now, in this letter, he pleads a little bit more. He he begs a little bit more. But in this first letter, evidently, they were hurt because he says, this caused you sorrow. This caused you to be unhappy, this first letter that I sent. And it was more direct in regards to stop sinning or else. But in the sorrow, he said, you were only sorrowful for a little while. In other words, there was sorrow, there was a period of sorrow, a time of sorrow, but eventually that sorrow led you, caused you to repent. And so thus in verse 9, Paul talks about the joy. He rejoices. So he said, I regretted it, I didn't regret it, I regretted it, I didn't regret the idea. But why? He said, because I, I was so sorry that I caused you sorrow, but yet there was joy, I didn't regret it, because it eventually led you to repentance. And so sometimes Paul is saying, listen, sometimes we have to just be honest with people. We have to just be direct and tell the truth. And the truth of the matter is you're living in sin, and sin has a negative impact on your life, and if you don't change it, there are going to be consequences that you don't want to face and you don't want to live with. Sometimes we have to be direct. And Paul had been direct with them, and he said, it caused you sorrow, and, and I regret that. But I don't regret that that sorrow led you to repentance. It caused you to change your life and to be different than you were before. His joy 
was tied to the transition that takes place when one comes to repentance. What we were talking about just a moment ago. He was excited. He was happy. He was joyful that they were headed in one direction. And the letter that he sent that was direct, that just called it what it was and, and told the truth, he said it caused them to be sorrowful for a while. But then they turned around and they headed in the right direction. And he said, it was worth it to have said those things to you. It was worth it to have caused you sorrow if it caused you to repent that pivotal point in which you pivot and turn and head back in the right direction. So, so repentance is a good thing because it, it changes the course of our path and leads us in the right re- direction in relationship to the Lord. Second thing I want us to see is this. Jesus calls us to repentance. So, so this just isn't a, a, a passing thing. It just isn't a, oh, this would be a good thing. Jesus calls us to repentance. In our scripture reading this morning, we read from Mark chapter 1. And it says, now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into the Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And believe in the gospel. Jesus called people then to repentance. And he calls us to repentance. Repentance is an important pivotal point that is unavoidable in our life. If we are going to live for the Lord as he calls us to live. Matthew 4.17 we hear a similar thing. From that time Jesus began to preach and say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He calls us. Repentance, repentance. remember, is a good thing. And he calls us to that repentance in our life. Listen to this. I think this is a very sobering text in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5. And these are the words of Jesus. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen. He said, remember where you are and remember from where you have fallen. And repent and do the deeds you did at first. In other words, you were where you should have been. You have fallen from that place. And he said, remember where you've fallen from. Now repent and do the deeds that you did at first or else. Hear that? He's being very direct in regards to the, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. He calls us to repentance And he is very direct. He said, if you do not repent, there are going to be consequences and a price to pay that you do not want to face. There are going to be issues that you're going to deal with that you don't want to deal with if you're not willing to repent. So he calls us to repentance. Repentance is not a one-time thing. Repentance is a continual process of continually making bad choices or, or, or sinning or doing something wrong in our life and then choosing to turn back And go to God again. And we go down the path and then we get off the path and we choose to go the wrong direction. And we have sin. We yield to temptation. We do something we shouldn't do. And then we have to turn and come back again in the relationship to the Lord. And so repentance is something that doesn't happen just one time in our life. But we repent again and again and again from the sin and the wake of that sin. The devastation that it causes in our life. So from that this morning, I want us to see five marks of genuine repentance. Five marks of genuine repentance all in the text this morning. The first is this, grief over sin. In verses 9 and 10, he talks about our grief or our sorrow. 
And he says here that these two sorrows, there's the one sorrow that is according to God's will, God's design for us to be sorrowful or grieve over our sin that leads us to a repentance that corrects our life and brings life to us, allows us again the right relationship with the Lord. But he said then there's this other repentance. It's the grief and the sorrow and repentance of the world and he said it leads to death. So what's the difference? If, if in both cases I'm sorrowful for my sin, but yet in regards to that, one leads to life and is according to God's will, and one leads to death, what's the difference? Well, the sorrow or the grief that we have over sin in relationship to the Lord is in a positive way understanding the impact of that the sorrow that leads to repentance of the world is, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry they found me out. I'm sorry that I didn't get away with it. It's a sorrow and it's a grief about the sin that we've committed, but it's not a sorrow or a grief that turns us back to a relationship with the Lord. It's just a sorrow and grief that says, oh man, I'm sorry I got caught in that. Man, I'm sorry that you found out that I did that. I'm sorry that that you heard that I said that about you and it offended you. See, it's not a sorrow or a grief that turns us back to our relationship with the Lord to do the right thing. It's just a sorrow or grief that says, man, I wish it had, had things hadn't come out this way, is really all that it amounts to. And it says that kind of sorrow just leads to death. That kind of sorrow is a worldly sorrow that doesn't acknowledge or help us to understand the presence or the power of the Lord in our life and the need for repentance that leads us back into a right relationship. The worldly sorrow is just a, sorry I got caught, sorry you found out, sorry I didn't get away with that, that type of sorrow or grief. Repentance over my, or repulsion over my sin. Notice some of the words that he uses in that 11th verse as we were reading together and and understand what he's talking about. For behold, what earnestness this very thing, this godly sorrow, notice that term, this godly sorrow, has produced in you. So so what has this godly sorrow produced in you? It's not just a, I'm sorry I got called, I'm sorry that that I, I didn't get away with it, but notice what it's produced in you. What a vindication of yourselves. Vindication means proving or, or, or communicating uh, in regards to my behavior. He said, so what a vindication of yourselves. Uh, what indignation, indig- <clears throat> excuse me, indignation is an anger or an unhappiness or an unpleasantness in regards to sin. Vindication of yourself, indignation. What fear, what longing. What zeal, what avenging of wrong. He said, setting things right in your life. A repentance, a sorrow or a grief or repentance that causes you to say, hey, how can I make this right? How can I fix this? Not just I'm sorry that I got caught. Not just that I'm sorry that you found out or or you heard that I said this about you or I didn't get away with this. He says, but we're talking about a sorrow that says, how do I fix this? How how do I make this right? How do I change what I've done in my life and how it's affected other people? And so he's talking about this, this zeal. He's talking about a fear in relationship to the Lord of the consequences that we're going to face. 
And he says, but what longing, what zeal, what avenging of wrong in everything you demonstrated yourself to be innocent in the matter. So although I wrote to you, it was not for this. Listen to what he says here. This is so important, pivotal as we come to these, these five things. It was not for the sake of the offender. Not for the sake of the offended. He said, it's not about that, but that your earnestness on our behalf might be made known to you in the sight of God. He said, this is, this is about your relationship with the Lord. It's not about the offended. It's not about the offender. He said, it's about our relationship with the Lord. And so, re- true, true, genuine repentance, we, we see in relationship to that a, a grief over our sin, a sorrow over our sin. We see a repulsion of our sin, that we are repulsed by our behavior and our actions, restitution toward others. We see that's a mark of genuine repentance is the desire to fix that which we've wronged, those who we've hurt, those who we've offended. And so an idea of restitution of how can I make this right? And then there's a revival toward God, this fear that he talks about, this zeal that he talks about. It's about reestablishing a relationship with him. It's not about the offended or the offender so much as it is, I want to be right with God. And I know my sin separates me from Him. And I want to be right in my relationship with Him. And so repentance causes me to to turn toward Him and have a revival or refreshing, if you would, of my relationship with Him. And then the final thing that is a genuine mark of genuine repentance is a future focus. It's not just that I'm sorry for my sin and I want to live closer to the Lord, but I learn from that sin and I determine that I desire not to repeat it. A focus on the future. I'm not, not mired down by the past. Sometimes we live so much in the past. We live with our regrets. We live with our, our past sin. And we can't forgive ourselves and we can't get ourselves away from that, and we let it just keep pulling us back and pulling us back, we get in a rut. We feel sorry for ourselves because of the choices we've made, the mistakes we've made, and how it's impacted our lives and the lives of those around us. We feel guilty for that, and we wallow in that guilt. We continue to to, to roll around in the guilt of those things, and we get in a rut, and that rut causes, as somebody mentioned earlier, depression. It causes discouragement. It causes difficulties in our life and we get caught in this rut and we just keep living in this past of our sin past of our failures past of our mistakes you know what the definition of a rut is a rut is a grave with both ends knocked out that's all it is we're just caught in this rut and we're caught in this trap of death and we continue to live in it over and over and and over again and he said it is only when we turn to repentance when we have a sorrow or a grief that brings us to godly repentance and we turn away from our past we turn away from our sin we turn away from the things that we've done and the choices that we've made we stop living in our guilt we stop living in our depression we stop living in that rut of death and we repent and we choose that we are going to live differently So we change the direction of our life based off the truth of God's Word. And in that, we choose to turn back to Him. Listen, 
sometimes it's not a pleasant journey. Sometimes it can be a difficult path to turn from our sin and begin to turn back toward the Lord and walk in the direction that He would call us to walk in. Sometimes it can be bloody. Sometimes it can be painful. Sometimes it can be challenging and difficult. But it is a necessary path. It is a necessary choice that we must make to look at our lives and where we are and see that there is a need for repentance. A a, a turning away from and a turning to the Lord. Choosing to follow the direction that He has for our life. A renewed relationship with Him. A renewed relationship that brings us revival, that brings us hope, that brings us encouragement, that brings us a future. And he writes to the church at Corinth and he said, you guys are so stubborn. And you keep going back to your sin and back to your sin and back to your sin over and over and over again. And I've called you to repentance over and over and over again. And when I sent the letter, it caused a sorrow in you. And it was only a temporary sorrow because eventually you realize the need to get out of that and repent and turn back to the Lord. And when you did that, it brought great joy. Brought great rejoicing. There was a refreshing, and there was a revival, and there was a revitalization. He used the word zeal for life. Want to get out of the rut? Want to get out of the depression, the discouragement, the difficulty, the challenge, the guilt, wallowing in your sorrow? He said, There's only one path, and it's the path of repentance. And so this morning, as we prepare to sing our invitation hymn, I want to call you to repentance. I don't know everything that's going on in your life, but it's a good bet if your life is like my life, you need repentance. It's a good bet if you've made choices and decisions like I've made, you need repentance. 